I am, um, I am excited. I'm excited to be here. I am just feeling God's presence in this place. I am feeling God's presence in this season. And if you, if you know me and you know a little bit of what's going on in my life, my life's crazy right now. There's just a lot going on. And um, there's challenges that we are facing as a family. And, um, and I, I wrote this to a friend a few weeks back in a text message. And I said to him, I said, every year of my life, I have grown to love Jesus more and more. And every year of my life, I realize more and more of his boundless love for me. There are no bounds to his love. And you think you know it. You think you know it sometimes. And then he just does something amazing. And you think you know it sometimes. And then you just... You focus on him and you just realize, oh my goodness, I can't believe what you have done for me. Amidst the challenges and the strains of life, every year I grow more in love with Jesus. And I'm just fired up about that today. And I'll tell you how it started this morning, okay? Because this morning, I told Mandy, because I, yeah, I told Mandy last minute if she could take the teens this morning. And, uh, of course, she says yes. She just always says yes, and I'm so grateful for her in that. And I said, I'll, I'll grab the munchkins, though, for you. So I go and Dunkin' Donuts over here. The line is just, uh, it, it, it's just not moving. And I'm like, come on. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to get there. Get these munchkins for the kids. And then I get out of line, and I go down to the Dunkin' Donuts in the corner here. It would have been much faster had I stayed. I get down to that Dunkin' Donuts, and I say, Riley, let's go. And she jumps out of the car, and she's running in. She's like, you're going to get me a munchkin, right? I said, yeah, of course, you can have munchkin. And we get in there, and it's a couple people and waiting. And I get up, and I say, 25 munchkins, mix them up. And the guy's filling them in. He's like, oh, you can pick them up down this end here. And I go down this end, and the lights go out. I had already given them my card, and I'm standing, and I'm kind of wanting to get here, and the lights, the lights went out, and the girl's like, what am I supposed to, she's asking her manager, what am I supposed to do? She's like, just give him the munchkins, give him his card back. And I'm like, yes! Free munchkins! I didn't have any of them, but it's still a blessing. I say thank you. Um, we're getting closer to the resurrection, Right? We've been talking the last few weeks leading up to Easter. We're getting closer to the resurrection. Uh, Sarah shared last week about Mary anointing Jesus' feet. And there's a squeaky spot underneath me. That's driving me crazy. She shared last week about this anointing. And I just, I just, I just want to affirm Sarah. I just want to affirm her heart. I love how she gives her heart, how she gets up here and she shares her heart. And so, Sarah, if you're at home, we just say we love you we, and uh, appreciate your message last week. And um, we are getting even closer to the resurrection. And so this week, we are talking, uh, it's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And so we're talking about this triumphant entrance, that triumphal, triumphal. I thought it was triumphant. 
It's triumphal. So I'm going to read this passage to you this morning out of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open. It's not up on the screen. Sorry, we didn't, uh, we didn't get that in time, so I apologize. Um, but if you want to open up to Matthew 21, starting at verse 1, I'll give you a moment to get there. Open up the Bible app on your phone if you need to. Matthew 21, starting at verse 1. The triumphal entry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey there, tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them and that we'll send them back right away. Love that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just borrowing them for the day. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Lord, we thank you today for your triumphal entry. We thank you that you are the gentle king who came to save us. And Lord, we just pray this morning as, as we share together and learn, Father, that your spirit would be in this place as we know it is, but more, more of that, Lord, more of your spirit, Jesus, in this place, Father. And we thank you for what you are doing in our midst and, and will do this morning in, in Jesus' name, amen. So that's the account in Matthew. And then in John, uh, John the book of John explains a little more what's going on kind of behind the scenes of, of what was happening. Why was there such a big crowd here waiting? Um, and some could argue that just before this, Jesus had performed maybe the biggest miracle of all. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. And I want to read this account in John, John chapter 12, verse 9, if you want to go there. This explains, it gives a little bit of the backdrop. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well which is just hilarious if you think about it. He just got raised from the dead. And they're like, oh, we're going to take this guy out. <laughs> For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. They're putting their faith 
in Jesus. And, and this is just, this is incredible. And I don't want to go too much in for the sake of time, but this, this, this raising of Lazarus from the dead is, is just amazing. He's the brother of Mary and Martha, right? We learned about Mary last week anointing Jesus' feet. This is his brother. This is their brother. And, um, and, the, and the scripture said, when they told Jesus, they said, this is the one whom you love, is sick. And he says, okay. And he waits a few days. And then he says, all right, let's go. We're going to go. We're going to go. And it takes, it takes a while to get there. And so Jesus finally gets to the tomb of Lazarus, and he's already been dead for four days. He's in the tomb. The stones rolled over it. He's in there for four, he's in there for four days. And he says, all right, open the stone. And they're like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, I know you know this, but he's dead, and it's going to stink in there. And he's like, roll the stone away. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out. And I love the, there's a, there's a part in here that, that says that he was bound up. His hands and his feet were bound. And then he comes out of the tomb. So just picture me right now moving without moving my legs. I don't know if that's what happened, but that, it's like, this is a miracle. Lazarus comes out, he's like, got cloth all over his face, and he comes out. And he says, get those off of him. And everybody's like, this is amazing. He was dead for four days. It wasn't like he just, you know, took a nap and we couldn't feel his heartbeat. Like he was, he was rotting. I know that's graphic. But this is, he wanted to prove to his disciples and to everyone, like, this is the real deal, guys. I'm the real deal here. Look. Look at what happens. So there's a big crowd. Lovers. And haters of Jesus. The religious leaders hated what he was doing. It just said because everybody was putting their faith in him and they were threatened by him and they wanted to kill him as well. And things were escalating with this latest miracle. This is the pinnacle. This is right before next week happens, right? And we know what happened. So they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna in the highest. And they cut branches and they had palm leaves and they took their coats off, their cloaks, and they put them down on the road as a way to honor Jesus as he rode into town. And this is not the king that they were initially expecting, right? They were waiting for centuries for a Messiah, all of, the, all of the prophetic words. And they were under oppression, and they wanted a mighty warrior to save them, more probably for the political situation that they were in rather than the, than the salvation of their, of their sins. They wanted a military leader, a worldly king, and Jesus He flipped it upside down. Let me just give a little historical context on Hosanna. They were shouting, Hosanna, what does that mean? Literally, Hosanna means, I beg you to save us. Please deliver us. They see Jesus coming down the road and they're saying, oh, save us from this. Save us. Dozens of prophecies clearly signaled the coming of the Messiah, and Jesus filled them all. And let me just read this little blurb. When Jesus made his appearance on earth, 
The Jews were in bondage to the Romans. It was not the first time a foreign nation had controlled the Jewish land, nor would it be the last. But the Jews chafed under the Roman yoke and regarded their Gentile overseers as hard taskmasters. During the years of bondage to the great empires, the idea of a deliverer became to t- began to take on a political overtone. Many overlooked the spiritual sign- significance of the coming Messiah because they longed for one with the power to throw off the hated enemies that ruled them. And the people came to see the Messiah not as the one who would provide atonement for their sins, but one who would deliver them from their enemies by physical force. But as you know, you may or may not know, Jesus flips everything upside down. The first will be last. The last will be first. If someone hits you on one cheek, turn, let them strike the other. If someone steals your shirt, give him your coat. What? This isn't what we were expecting. A little baby, a little baby comes, becomes a gentle, loving man who does everything the religious, religious leaders hated at the time. And he saw through them. He saw through their outward appearance. He saw their hearts. He sees our hearts. And he said, what is in your heart is more important than anything you will ever do or accomplish, the condition of your heart. Again, this is not what people were expecting. Jesus was a peaceful king, and he was motivated entirely by love for all humanity. His mission to reflect his Father in heaven in every way to love and behave like the Father loves, to live a sinless life. He was God with skin. And Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. Everything I do, everything I say is what he does and what he tells me to do. He was completely, completely controlled by by God's spirit. A continual submission to the Father's words, a continual obedience to what the Father is telling him to do, leading to this moment where he says, you're gonna go to the cross. Yes, Lord. It culminates in this moment, the pinnacle of his miracle, of of his miracles. He raises Lazarus from the dead and it seems the world is finally about to embrace him as king the promised Messiah, King Jesus. They shout, Hosanna, deliver us, save us. The passage reminds us about Zechariah, how he foretold this. He said, your gentle king comes to you riding on a colt, a colt, which is a lowly animal of peace opposed to a war horse is what they were hoping for. Come on, let's do this. Let's take these guys out. He comes strolling in. I was going to try to get a colt. I told Tara, it's like, you got the colt, right? She organizes all the things we need. She, I said, did you get my, it was serious. I was like, you got my email about the donkey, right? She's like, what? 
she knows not to take me too seriously. But he comes riding in on this little animal. This is so Jesus. This is such a Jesus thing to do. You were expecting this triumphant entry, and here he comes riding in. This is how he makes his triumphal entry. And the people are into it. The people are into it. They're like, this is it. Okay, this is not what we were expecting, but we saw what you did, Jesus. We saw all the things you did, and we've heard the accounts. And my cousin over here got, got healed of blindness, about blindness, and my neighbor over here was, couldn't walk, and you did that. And then there's this Lazarus guy who was dead for four days, and, and, and then he comes floating out of the tomb. Like, okay, we get it. You are the real deal. Hosanna, they shouted, save us, save us. But Jesus really is the only one that knows what's about to happen. Now, he's told his disciples over and over again. There's been prophetic words that these, that these uh, folks knew about, these folks, these folks knew about reading the scriptures, that he was an atonement, that there was going to be a sacrifice he told them, I'm, they're going to capture me. I'm going to die. Three days later, I'm going to rise again. He told them this. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, they just, they didn't get it. They did not get it. It gives me hope. <laughs> it gives me hope. Because sometimes I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And, uh, and so we weren't expecting this kind of Jesus, but we saw what you can do. And, and save us, Lord, save us, save us. What is motivating Jesus to obey his Father in heaven and take this path towards what he knows is a very gruesome death? Right? Everyone's cheering for him. The disciples are like, yeah, we think we know what's going on. We think this is okay. Yeah, everybody's excited. And Jesus is riding through knowing that in five days he's going to die. That this was part of the Father's plan for him. What is motivating him to do this? And the answer is simple, but it is profound. It's love. For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son John 3, 16. 1 John 4, 9 says, we love him. We are able to love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. So he's riding on that colt going down and he's knowing the death sentence that is ahead of him and he's saying yes to the Father because they are one, they are together and he's looking around at all these people who may or may not really know what's going on. And he's looking them in the eyes. And he's saying, oh, I love them. I'm going to keep going down this path because I love these people that I can see right here in front of me. And I can, and I can see for hundreds and thousands of years ahead. He goes, this is the plan. This is the Father's plan I love them. I really, really love them. Because what else, why else would he do it? It was a choice. 
the ultimate, his ultimate sacrifice is just around the corner. And he knows that it changes everything. Everything is going to change. Everything is going to change soon. I can do this. I can do this. He was sinless. He was perfect in every way. He was the lamb without blemish. The Passover. This was a week before the Passover. Passover for, for a long time from when the, the Jews escaped Egypt, right? When, when God came and delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. He said, put blood over your, over your door and death will go right past you. You won't experience it. I'm, I'm incredible. And, the, and, the, and Jewish people still celebrate this, that it was the Passover. It was God saying, you are my chosen people. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. And what they did is they, they every year, they would sacrifice a, a blameless, spotless lamb as part of the tradition. And here Jesus is, right? Blameless, spotless, never sinned always obeyed the Father, he's now the Lamb. It's all leading to this moment. He's the only one that knows the severity of what is about to come. And he's days away from giving us this gift. His gift to us, to all mankind. His gift of salvation. That our sins are wiped clear. He promises us the Spirit his Holy Spirit that resides in us, our counselor, our friend. He gives us the promise of eternal life in heaven. He goes, these people I love, I get to be with them forever if they just accept me, if they just believe in me. Your value, my value, is in the fact that the gentle king of kings died for you on the cross. What he did for you. He saw you. He saw each and every one of you. There is no, nobody that escapes him. You are not hidden from him. The Psalms remind us that his thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. We were not hidden from him in the secret place. We were woven together in the depths of the earth. And when that happened, he saw our unformed bodies. He saw every single one of us. And he pays the ultimate sacrifice that we're going to get to next week. But here he is on the donkey, coming into town, knowing what's coming, knowing what he's going to do. And this love, this love that I'm talking about, I am just praying right now that the Holy Spirit touches your heart in this moment right now. That it may be hard for you to believe that he loves you the way he does but I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal it to you in your heart and then you would just say, wow, wow. That love went to the cross and he did what he did for us. And this kind of 
incredible, unmatchable love compels us to respond. It compels us to respond. When someone does that for you, and just picture yourself. Picture yourself with your, with your four-year-old or your two-year-old. Just picture, if you don't have kids, just picture it. You're on the sidewalk of a busy road. You get distracted with something and you see your little guy or girl run out into the road. Oh my goodness, and you start running. Cars are flying by. And somebody jumps out ahead of you and grabs your child and pushes him off to the side and is struck by the car. Not your child. This man that just came out of nowhere to save this child. Who is this guy? You can't, as you hold your crying child and, you've, and you picture that scene around you, you can't just go, wow, wow, that's cool, thanks, and walk away. There, that kind of sacrificial love requires a response. You have to do something. When love that big, when love that strong happens, or yourself, maybe you're not paying attention, <laughs> and someone comes and saves you and pushes you out of the way, oh my goodness, it just all happened so fast. You don't just go about your day. That kind of love requires a response. And so you could sit here today and you could say, well, I don't know if I believe that really happened or not. Okay, I'm here to tell you it happened. It is truth. It is truth. It happened. Jesus died for you so that you could have all those things I just mentioned, salvation, sins gone away, Holy Spirit, eternal life. That is reality. That is reality. And that sacrifice requires a response. Will you accept the truth of that and say, thank you, Jesus, and give him your life? Or you can reject it. It requires a response. And so there are some of you maybe here today that have, that have never put your faith in Jesus. You've never yielded your heart fully to him. And you're figuring it out, you're questioning it out, you're, you know, you're asking questions. And I'm here to tell you the truth today that Jesus Christ did this for you. And you have a choice. Will you accept that and say thank you and give your life to him. And you don't have to do it by yourself. The wonderful gift of community, the wonderful gift of his Holy Spirit, we do it together, but it is your choice. It is your choice. So I wanna just in a moment here, if ask if those of you, for everyone to just close their eyes and bow their head for a moment. We cannot leave this opportunity of knowing what happened and walk away without a response. If you are somebody who 
has never fully said yes to Jesus and you want to do that today, your choice will be to choose that gift that he's given us and to say thank you. You just need to say this simple prayer. You can just say, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your mind. But today, it, it, this love compels a response. Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. I am a sinner and I need a savior. Just say that. I am a sinner and I need a savior. I am tired of doing it on my own. It is too hard. Jesus makes it much easier. And so with eyes closed and head bowed, if you said that prayer today, I'm going to ask you to take the first bold step of your relationship with Jesus and just, and just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time today. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. God sees you. The angels in heaven rejoice at your decision this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There's one more response. You can look up this way. There's one more response. Because even if you have said yes to Jesus before, maybe you've done it a dozen times. His sacrificial love requires a response still from us, whether we are saying yes to him for the first time or we have done it a bunch of times. Here's my question for you. Have you fully yielded your heart to Jesus? Think about what he has done for you. Think about him on that donkey heading down to this road that he knows ends in his death. Wow. I want to give a moment. I want you to examine your heart for a moment. And I want to, to ask yourself the question, have I fully yielded my heart for him? going to do just like I did with the others. I'm going to ask for a response. Maybe you haven't and you, and you want to. Maybe you have and you are. But if you want to yield your heart fully to Jesus, this season and this moment, you say yes to him, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand ask you to raise your hand if you are saying yes Lord you have my full heart yes does he have your full heart thank you yes yes Lord thank you for my friends thank you for thank you for you thank you for what you've done thank you for this moment here today This is our triumphal entry, Lord. <laughs> Whether this is the first time 
or whether we are saying, you know what? I'm done of doing it my own way, Lord. I'm giving myself completely to you. I don't know what it looks like. I'm all in. This is your triumphal entry. Jesus is doing it. He's leading the way and we are following him. We are following him. We are following his example. There is victory. There is victory ahead because we know that although what he has to go through Spoiler, spoiler alert, he, he rises again. So he knows that too. He knows that. So there's victory in this. And there's victory for us to do this together. And I just want to encourage you this morning to give your hearts completely to Jesus. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this time today, and I pray for my friends, Lord, that they would know how much you love them, what you have done in their lives, for the healing that you have done in their lives, for the healing you will do in their lives, Lord, the healing that's already been done. And I'm just so excited about what, what's happening. And Lord, I want to be a part of what you are doing in this next season. And I want everyone here to be a part of what you are doing in this next season because we need everybody. We need everybody. We need all hands on deck right now. So compel us, Lord. Compel us, Lord, to daily submit to your will, to daily obey your commands. And just that, the joy, the joy of following you, the joy of saying yes to you, we thank you for what you've done for us. And in this week, may we be reminded of what is coming and rejoice. Hosanna. Hosanna. Save us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray all of this. Amen.